Hey there, welcome to Leading with Grace, the podcast for women going through separation and divorce. Here I get to share with you principles and tools that will help you to create a revelatory relationship with God so that you can navigate your own separation and divorce with greater peace, confidence, and love for yourself. everyone what's up you guys all right it is a rainy monday morning as i am recording this and i wasn't planning on recording a podcast episode but okay this is what happened all right so i've been trying to get a lot better at doing my come follow me and i'm just horrible at it i'm just gonna tell you that (laughs) like i don't know how many times i cracked the old testament last year i probably could count on both hands and that was about it (laughs) So this year I thought, you know what, I I really, really want to just dive into the Gospels and just let this be um, just part of an intentional practice of my day. And so for this week, we are beginning um, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. And as I was reading these verses, I'm thinking, okay, I've read this like a hundred times. Jesus is fasting for 40 days, and then he's led up to the mountain to be with God. And what happens? He is met by the temptations of Satan. And as I'm reading this, I'm just thinking, yeah, 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 I get it. But then I kind of stop somewhere in the middle. And I was thinking, wait a minute, I have some questions about this. And I was... (laughs) And I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm just going to say it. But I was starting to be to be kind of like a devil's advocate to this story, right? And and I'm just letting you know there is a purpose to all this. <laughs> but I was sitting there thinking, okay, so Satan is saying, you're hungry. So just take this piece of rock and turn it into bread and just eat it. It's not a big deal. And the thing is, is I kind of agreed with them. Like I was like, it's not a sin to be hungry and want food. Like it's not really a sin to take a rock and turning into bread. Like it's, it's not even like, okay, during this time they're following the law of Moses, right. And making sure that they are like checking off the boxes of the 10 commandments. There's nowhere in the 10 commandments that says you cannot turn a rock into a bread because you've been fasting for 40 days. All right. And the next thing that he that uh, Satan wants Jesus to do is that he wants him to, and I let's see, what does he do? Oh, he wants him to um, fall from a really high pinnacle and then have the angels cat, catch him. All right. So technically that is really not a sin, right? You guys, and there is nowhere in the scriptures or in the 10 commandments that says you shouldn't tempt the powers of heaven. And honestly, there have been many times when I have, I've been in a hard place where I did not have the answers and I was calling for the powers of heaven to help me, to provide me a safe landing. And so I was like, I don't think that's really a sin either. Okay. And then he wants, and the Satan now wants Jesus to worship him. Right. And to um, also, I think, to worship him and and that he would give him riches and he would you know, provide him wealth. And there's 
there's nothing sinful about wanting to be wealthy. There's nothing sinful about wanting a few extra coins in your purse or a few hundred dollars in your bank account. Like that's not necessarily a sin. So I'm asking myself this question, these questions, right? And kind of being that devil's advocate as I'm reading these verses. <laughs> because there was something about these verses I just did not understand. And really the underlying question that I had in all these other questions that I'm, I'm like telling you was, what is it I'm meant to learn? What is the lesson? What is the principle that I need to understand that I'm not understanding on the surface level? And for me, the only way for me to understand anything is to just honestly ask questions, to not judge myself as if I'm righteous or not righteous, or that's a right or wrong question or any of this black and white stuff, but to honestly ask these questions from a place of, I just don't understand. And I know there's something I want to learn from all of this. And so I actually kept rereading these verses over and over and over again, asking myself, what is it that I don't know that I don't know? And I could tell that my morphing of these questions, as I kept rereading and asking these questions, that it began very flippant, like, come on, there's no sin in changing a rock into a bread, right? To, okay, if it is not a sin to change a rock into the bread, then what is what is the underlying principle I am missing here? And I noticed this pattern in the scriptures. And I, this is something I love to seek in, in reading my scriptures is patterns and frameworks and um, connections and relationships, right? And with this one, I noticed that in these temptations, Satan would test and question Jesus's divinity and who he inherently is by saying, if thou be the son of God. Okay. That's Matthew four, verse three, again, in verse six, if thou be the son of God. Okay. And then again, verse nine, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. A lot of ifs, right? <laughs> so interesting. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting that he is, he's prefacing these temptations with, with doubt, with questions. All right. And when I say that I am not demeaning doubt, I'm not downplaying doubt at all. But I wonder if this was a time where Jesus really needed to ask himself, is he really the son of God? And if he knew before going into the wilderness to be closer to God, if he knew before Satan began tempting him, then through the process of this questioning and, and doubting by Satan, that he was even more firm in who he was. 
And we see that through his responses, okay? He's not trying to have an argument about whether bread can be made from stone and whether that's right or wrong. He didn't say that. He just always references himself back to God, okay? The mouth of God, the son of God. Lord thy God, when he says, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so he's able to, to see what Satan is doing to him, which is to question his ministry and his divinehood. And it made me think about the importance of us really seeking out and getting firm on who we inherently are. Because we are all we are all tempted beings. That is just part of, of what we signed up for upon this earth. That when Eve partook of the fruit, she allowed us to experience knowledge and moral agency, not sin but knowledge and moral agency so that we can learn for ourselves the good and the evil, the light and the dark, the shadows. And through all of this, can we do the work of finding out who we are in relations to God? Because what I realized as I am reading these verses is that it can be so easy for us to just say in relations to like our weaknesses or our faults or whatever, oh, that's just who I am. I can't help it. As if we have chosen the identity of our weakness. I'm an impatient mom. I'm a frustrated mom. I am, I am someone who questions. I am someone who is doubting versus I am a divine daughter or a divine son of God and, and, and connected to Jesus Christ. Do you see how like those two things can really affect how you believe about yourself? It expresses how you believe about yourself and how you feel about yourself. And then how you're going to approach whatever life like throws at you. If you believe that you are a frustrated mom or that you have an anchor issue, you're going to approach your family and your loved ones and your relationships in such a different way versus, you know what? I am a divine daughter. Yeah. I get frustrated sometimes. I get that. And I'm working on it because I know there's a better way. And I want to show up as that divine daughter of God. I want to show up as that divine mother. And dang, it is hard sometimes. And I'm saying this from personal experience of many, 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 many personal experience. If you were to ask my kids, they would, they probably would have a book of the many times I was frustrated and was impatient. <laughs> and that's okay because I'm learning. I am not my temptation. I am not my weakness. I am not my fault. It's just part of the human experience. 
And I love how Jesus Christ just clearly is able to make this, this, this distinction. He could turn a stone into bread. He could do that. But he has decided that inherently that is not who he is. That he's willing to take upon and experience the human ex the human experience of hunger, of thirst, of afflictions, of suffering, and of temptations, and it does nothing to his inherent identity. He is still the son of a living God. He is still a beloved son. He is still a savior, a messiah, Emmanuel. He's still that being. And so as you go throughout this day, I really want to challenge you that when something hard comes your way or you're frustrated or you're impatient or you're confused or you're angry, I just want you to take a deep breath just pause for like three seconds and just remind yourself of who you are. All right, I've got these kids and they're so loud that I just want to like tear my hair out. But for three seconds, I'm going to remember that I am a divine daughter of heavenly parents and take a deep breath. If you still want to yell at your kids and throw them in their rooms, go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it, that does not define who you are. It does not reflect who you are. It doesn't. I'm so grateful that in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke, that I get to learn this lesson for myself. And it began with me being a little flippant. It began with me being kind of like the devil's advocate and asking questions, like really, really asking questions, but asking questions from a place of seeking. Like, I don't want to just stay stuck on these questions. Like I want an answer. I'm seeking an answer that I can apply to myself. And that whole identity of, oh, that's just who I am. That's just a cop-out. I'm just going to call it for what it is. It's a cop-out because you're not allowing yourself to push for a deeper answer, especially pushing for a different, for a greater and deeper witness of who you are in relations to God and who you are in relations to Jesus. You know, it can be so easy for me to say is say identify myself as yeah i'm separated yeah i might be getting a divorce soon i'm a divorcee but that identity doesn't even serve me not in the long run it doesn't i am still a beautiful gifted giving loving daughter of god a divine mother to my children That's who I am at the most basic, fundamental level. And so 
one of the exercises that I suggest that you do, and I want you to write this down, okay? Write down all the identities that you have. In this life, like um, if you're working, you are an employee at whatever, or if you have a degree that you're working this, um, I'm a psychologist, I'm a doctor, I'm a, a realtor. Okay, I want you to write all those identities, okay? Write them all down, flesh it all out. Keep going. And then decide out of all of those, what is the most fundamental identity you want to be known for and that you want to build your life upon? And then go there, whatever that's going to look like, and see where that takes you and see how that identity can affect how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your connection and relationship to others. And then how you show up in that way. And is that how you want to live your life? And if that is, go for it. I'm telling you this because there's no right or wrong answer. You are the expert of your own mortal journey. You are the expert of your own spiritual seed of growth. I cannot tell you what the next decision should be or could be, or would be in your life. That is something you get to decide. That is something that you get to learn for yourself. Again, we have been gifted the ability to receive knowledge and to have moral agency and choice in how we want to interpret and live the life that we have been given. And and so as you're going through this exercise, I would love to know where you're at in your identity. I would love to know if there are struggles with this, whether it's struggle. I don't know if I'm known by God. Everyone tells me that I am a divine daughter and I have a God that loves me, but I'm not sure if I know that. And that's okay if that is where you are in your journey of coming to know for yourself who you are. It's okay. But I don't want you to just stop at the question. I want you to take those questions and I want you to seek them out. Seek out the answer. Is it really true that God loves me? Is it really true that he created me? Is it really true that he knows who I am? Even though life is so hard right now, even though life is so frustrating and so disappointing, especially when it comes to relationships and and no longer being connected with someone who you thought was meant to be connected for time and eternity. I want you to, to really take those questions and learn for yourself. Be open to the lessons that you need, that it might actually be just something that is entirely different from what you want. In all honesty, when I was going through uh, these verses, I thought that I wanted some like smarty pants answer and deep gospel insight that I can share. But what I really needed was a reminder of who I am and letting that shine forth. 
And that's my journey. And so I hope that you will allow yourself to receive answers by asking questions. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for letting me be here. And I'll talk to you again. Bye. Thank you so much for coming. If you want to learn more about how to confidently navigate your separation and divorce, subscribe to this podcast and get on my email list at heonorthcoaching.com. That's H-Y-O-N-O-R-T-H coaching.com. All links will be found in the show notes. Until next time, take care.